how do we take that magic sauce that one of the CSMs might be doing with her customers and bring it to everybody else in the team to try and show everybody, here's a playbook of how an amazing conversation could be had with an exec that hasn't engaged with you in a while. Welcome to NPS I Love You, a podcast powered by Catalyst. I'm your host, Ben Wynn, and this show is all about awesome people, ideas, and stories, all with a customer success twist. On NPS I Love You, I talk to everyone from artists to scientists, CEOs to CSMs, and everyone in between to give you powerful insights that will help you in your career and in life. Sunil Joseph is the Vice President of Customer Success at Stack Overflow. And in this episode, Sunil and I discuss the impact of hiring a diverse team, why Stack Overflow holds ROI workshops with every customer, and what it really means to be product-led. So starting off with a little bit about you, your career, I'm curious, what would you say has been the high point of your year to date? Yeah, I would say from a personal perspective, the high point of the year has been being able to spend time with my wife and my pups and also getting vaccinated. So that was a big win. Professionally, I would say the biggest uh, high point this year has been just the ability to build an amazing team. We 3x the size of our team from Q1 to Q2 of this year. and. Nice. Uh, and from six to 18 in a matter of, uh, of three months. So that's been just kind of awesome to bring in some awesome people onto the team and really building um, the next version of what we see customer success to be at Stack Overflow. Interesting. That must have been a crazy process hiring that many people in three months. It was, it was. But it was a lot of fun uh, doing that because a couple of things that are important for me personally and also for our team that was on the ground is kind of growing as our team's evolving is the ability to bring really diverse candidates to our organization. So it was really interesting to kind of go through the pool of candidates, talk to people from so many different backgrounds and kind of bring the, the right person onto the team. It took definitely took time, but mm-hmm. we have a really good team on place right now. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the hard things, right, is when you are under a lot of pressure to bring people onto the team and to hire, you not only have to find the people with the right skill set, but I know for you and from, you know, the recent interview you did with with Patrick on the Catalyst team and and what you just mentioned, that diversity and inclusion is a huge, hugely important thing for you. So that's like an added layer of complexity on top of the other requirements. And you've got the the speed element. So I can only imagine how challenging it must have been to find the right people, get them in, get them through the funnel, and then onboard it. Absolutely. And and one of the things that you mentioned, I just want to kind of point that out, uh, where you said uh, the diversity angle does make it complex. I feel like that should be just something that needs to be standard practice for organizations as they're hiring. Mm-hmm. And the complex portion that you mentioned is kind of just kind of understanding the chain in terms of how you're recruiting and hiring. Thankfully, at Stack Overflow, we already had a practice in terms of bringing a pool of candidates that were diverse, and we actually have a really strong community at Stack Overflow that really helps us and a strong brand that helps us at the end of the day. But it just was amazing to kind of see the kind of candidates that we were getting, and uh, our team kind of made sure that was important to not just kind of bring diverse candidates into our organization, but to make sure they're inclusive and the metaphor that I like using is diversity is like being invited to a party and inclusion is being asked to dance. And uh, you can you can obviously hire the, the most diverse candidates possible, but if you're not making them feel inclusive, you're losing out on uh, the, the point of kind of uh, bringing diverse candidates in the first place. So that's, that's definitely something that's important to me and, uh, and my team as well. Definitely. And the more that you hire diverse people from different backgrounds and different places of experience, the easier it becomes to find and hire more people from those backgrounds. 
as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. As a multiplier effect, I would mm-hmm. say the, the moment you start bringing obviously really awesome people, but also really kind of awesome and diverse people from outside, it really helps kind of solidify the kind of ideas you can bring to the team and the innovation that you can bring to the team. And obviously there's a word of mouth in terms of awesome people bring more awesome people onto the team. And we've exactly. obviously had a lot of referrals and kind of growth from there. So, so super excited about this going into 2020. It's awesome. Well, talking a little bit more about Stack Overflow specifically, you know, we talked about before, there's kind of two sides to it, right? There's the public community facing one where it's powering basically the entire world of developers, finding everything to copy and paste into their, uh, into their code. And then there's sort of the whole other side of the product that you're managing on the customer success side, which is sort of like more of a community platform that companies can use and, and build out. So wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that side of things. Can you walk us through sort of that product and sort of how your team is structured right now? Yeah, absolutely. I can actually start with a story that will probably kind of tie the community side with the, the SaaS product that we have today. And it's interesting because I actually was an engineer more than a decade back, and I actually used Stack Overflow as one of those engineers that really got stuck into a problem. And I'm just joking about the copy and paste thing, by the way. Uh, I did probably copy and paste, but <laughs> I would say copy, get inspired and paste. There is you how go. I there you... Yeah. But no, Stack Overflow has been uh, has uh, really kind of saved me up a bunch of times when I was I was stuck in really complex problems with kind of different uh, modules that I was building at that time and you know, the, the teams that I was trying to kind of build and influence. And I have a personal story. I'm happy to go into that in detail in this conversation if you like, but... I love personal stories. The more personal you can get, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I was, a, I was one of the, the users in Stack Overflow and definitely something that had an impact on my ability to get from being an average engineer to being, I would say, a decent engineer uh, during my career. And as I kind of grew in my career and took on more responsibilities on the technical side and, and in the future on the customer success and business side, it only helped kind of solidify the power that the community brings in. And it, I felt that it came full circle when I joined Stack Overflow and started leading the uh, customer success business for the, the team's uh, side of the house, which is it's our fastest growing kind of SaaS business at kind of Stack Overflow, which really brings the intersection of our uh, community and provides organizations with the ability to use those private communities within their own business. So all the information that you have on Stack Overflow and all the uh, the amazing community that we have there can be translated within your own organization, be it a, be it a 20% organization or be it a 10,000 person organization, Stack Overflow adds value by providing the information that you have internally and your knowledge that is kind of growing and being shared. And by, by also having the power of accessing the information from the larger Stack Overflow community externally. It's awesome. It's funny. It's a, your, your story is similar, parallel to mine, I guess, right? Being a CSM and then going to work at a CS software. You started as an engineer and then going to work at, at Stack Overflow. It's, it's nice. And it must give you a huge advantage being in a CS role, but having that engineering background to be able to speak the language of your customers using their vernacular, knowing what their day-to-day is like must make a huge difference. Absolutely. We work with technologists day in, day out from all the way from the analysts in the team to software engineers to the, the leaders that are trying to change technology on a, on a daily basis. And it's inspiring to kind of connect with those leaders and learn from them in terms of what's most important for their business and how can our community uh, that they would be building through Stack Overflow and the value that they're realizing 
can be really kind of brought to life. And it's amazing to kind of see the direct connection that Stack Overflow can make between the business outcomes that the customers are trying to create and the value that we can co-create. I would say I've worked for a lot of companies in my career, but uh, Stack Overflow is one of those companies where I can strongly say that uh, if you have a business problem as a technologist, we can come and solve that for you. And that's something that um, everybody on the CS team, everybody at Stack Overflow really believes in is the ability to kind of connect those dots from business outcomes to actually kind of making that happen through our platform. That's awesome. Are there, uh, does, do you hire CSMs who also have technical backgrounds? Yeah, so happy to kind of go through a little bit of a structure of our team because it's uh, it's evolved from the past quarter as uh, we've kind of grown in size. I'm sure it's going to evolve over the next couple of quarters as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're definitely hiring. So if anybody that's listening, uh, we're always hiring. So definitely looking forward to have more awesome folks in the team. So when we uh, when I started, I started in November of uh, 2020, and uh, the the team that I had was. Uh, customer success managers. So customer success managers that were amazing. They took customers through the onboarding journey. They took uh, care of the ongoing success. They took care of renewals. So full cycle CSMs that could be your Swiss army knife and do anything uh, in the overall journey. But as you realize uh, and scale, there's always uh, a context switching that happens as you're kind of going from one part of your role to another. So what we tried to do in uh, in Q4 is really build out the, the strategy in terms of customer journey. So looking at these roles in general is if you're a customer success manager, what are you really doing from a customer perspective to really impact their business? You're activating the customer, you're onboarding them, you're taking through adoption, and eventually you want to grow the value that you're co-creating with the customer. And at the end of the day, create value for them and for Stack Overflow. So we kind of mapped out the customer journey uh, in Q4. And uh, as we went into Q1, the hiring decisions in terms of how we wanted to build our team was based on that particular customer journey. So what we tried to do is we took that journey uh, where customer success were doing activations, uh, onboarding, adoption, and growth. And we tried to have teams focused on those individual areas. So the CSMs would fall into the adoption and growth phase while overseeing the overall customer journey. And we've made additional investments in the team. Uh, we have um, folks in the team that purely focus on adoption and growth. So we have an adoption manager on the team that focuses on supercharging the adoption that customers would want into their investments. So we've been very careful uh, in terms of how we have built this team. It feels like we've built it quickly, but really build this team intentionally to meet the needs of our customers. That's the key, definitely. So what would you say? I mean, I know the team is, is growing a lot, but with the, the, you said you're 18 folks today? That is correct. Yeah, 18 today. So if you guys were, you know, if you had to proclaim a superpower, you know, what is the Stack Overflow CS team incredible at? Well, there's a lot of things. Say an hour is not enough to cover everything. <laughs> I know. I'm making you pick one. Yeah. So I would say three things, right? Cheater. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say the first thing is customer empathy and uh, uh, human-first customer success. That's kind of a superpower that everybody in the team brings is they always think about our customers as people first and think about each of their uh, problems that they're trying to solve as an organization uh, front and center, right? And everything kind of maps out from there. So just kind of building those connections, understanding them as people, understanding kind of their challenges and wins and celebrating that with them 
really, really makes a big difference on an ongoing basis. And even at one customer, you have so many different stakeholders that might have different needs. Uh, and how do you really connect with each of them, right? So I would say that's the biggest superpower that I would say a team brings to the, the table. I love that. The second thing I would say is having a hyper focus on building communities. So the community platform that we have at Stack Overflow, the public Stack Overflow community is really, really strong. And we learn from that community on a daily basis. And how do we bring that, this power of that community and the network effects of those communities into organizations? So the hyper focus on building communities and nurturing those communities is front and center. Very cool. And then I would say the number three is elevating the relationship and conversations out from the metrics in terms of, hey, you're seeing that your adoption is growing or, hey, you're using this particular feature, which is, which is great. But how is that really impacting the business of the customer? So mapping those different metrics that you're co-creating into the business outcomes that the customer is trying to create. So where you have a mapping of their business outcomes to the, the metrics, to how you should kind of leverage that to make your experience much better. And what needle are we moving at the customer's organization through all the work that we're doing with them, right? So how can we really make a case for them to show that this community is strong uh, not just based on the the tactical data growth, but also in terms of the value that we are co-creating in terms of our return on investment that we're adding to their business. Extremely important to do, especially when you're running a community platform where it's not necessarily the cleanest line from you know community action to dollars and cents saved or made or that sort of thing. And one one of the things I would like to add there is we we do something called as an ROI workshop with our customers. So we initiate. Uh, and this actually came as a as a part of our revenue team. So uh, the customer success team at Stack Overflow and the sales team at Stack Overflow, we are part of one team. So we are part of one revenue team. And this was part of our kind of co-creation efforts as a team together in trying to really figure out how do we really demonstrate the value that we're co-creating for our customers. And uh, we started with this idea of ROI workshops that we started to do with customers. And now it's actually part of our uh, QBRs that we do with our customers where the ROI conversation should be just a, a baseline conversation that needs to be had with every customer, needs to be part of every business review with a customer that we're working with, uh, and not something that is, uh, is going above and beyond, right? It's just part of our engagement model moving forward. I love that idea. Can you expand a little bit on what an ROI workshop consists of? Yeah, absolutely. So again, we've, uh, we've kind of moved away from the concept of doing workshops to be being part of QBR. So in, in general, what the ROI workshop, or I would say the ROI session or the, the part within a QBR would entail is really starting with why did the customer buy Stack Overflow? And that's something that we usually have, uh, captured in our sales to CS transition process. So we would have that the piece that we collect during the sales to CS transition. And once we have those kind of business outcomes that the customers are trying to achieve and why they bought Stack Overflow in the first place, we are able to take them through a workshop conversation, which essentially entails the inputs that they're looking uh, into as a business. So let's assume they're trying to bring a new product to market quickly or new products to market quickly and Stack Overflow is kind of a product that they want to bring in or a platform they want to bring in to really showcase how they can break silos within the organization and make this possible to get products to market quickly. So what we do with them is we try to understand how long does it take for them to get products to market today? 
what are the different variables that go into that particular picture? And then we work with them to really figure out if you were to bring in the Stack Overflow community and expand it further, or if you were to leverage the power of the investment that you have currently, how do you really, how much of value or ROI can you realize? Can you get products to market 20% quicker? Can you get this to market 40% quicker? And even those small efficiencies in your time to market can make a difference for a customer from a competitive perspective and also for your team to kind of move on and build more additional uh, features and uh, and products for your customers that can really add value to your overall business. So what we're really trying to do here is add more value to their customer's business, not just to our product, but for their overall business in general. Definitely. It sounds like you've got to and continue to build out a fantastic team, lots of great people. But if I were to ask you the opposite question and ask you what's one thing where you think there's room for improvement or a challenge that your team is facing that you're working on getting better at, what would you say for that one? Well, there's a lot, right? We're learning on a daily basis. Uh, and uh, I'll say three things that uh, we are currently trying to focus efforts and try to get better at. Number one is uh, standardization. So there's always things that each of the CSMs in the team or onboarding specialists or TSMs on the adoption side, we all doing amazing things on the ground. But how do we take that magic sauce that one of the CSMs might be doing with her customers and bring it to everybody else in the team to try and show everybody, here's a playbook in terms of how uh, an amazing conversation could be had with an exec that hasn't engaged with you in a while. How do you re-engage them back? How to win them back? Or if your adoption has dropped with the customer, how do you really kind of provide them the the tactics uh, to reinvigorate their community and bring them back to the table? So um, a lot of the playbooks is the first thing that we are focusing on is that magic sauce that exists with in different parts of our team and bringing that together and also sharing that with our sales team so we can bring that much earlier in the sales process and realize the value so the friction for a customer, if they're evaluating Stack Overflow, if that's the right product for them, becomes much easier because they already kind of understand the different playbooks and the ways to build and grow communities. And every anytime uh, a company is trying to evaluate a product, they're always worried about, is my implementation going to be successful? Is my adoption and my community going to be strong? And what we're really trying to do is get ahead of it and trying to kind of provide those playbooks that can support with that. So that's definitely one thing that's been a focus for us in Q2. Uh, I would say number two is uh, connected tissues. So we are a product-led organization. And one of the things that's critical when you're a product-led business is having those connected tissues as you grow and scale with all the other parts of the business. And uh, the intentions always rise to kind of always write to keep everybody included and involved, but given the pace of how quickly things move, you always have to be in tune and harmonized across the business. So that's definitely one of the challenges that uh, we as an organization realize, but Stack Overflow does that really well in terms of over-communicating when there's anything going on so that you can bring the right stakeholders into that initiative, into that discussion, and try to get that outcome that you're trying to get to. Do you use Stack Overflow for Stack Overflow? Like internally, you have your own, yeah? Drink your own Kool-Aid or whatever the uh, euphemism is? Yeah. Is it called dog fooding by any chance? No pun intended because I have two pups. (laughs) (laughs) Eating your own dog food. There you go. That's that's it. I think mine is more a reference to... yeah, that's. I think drinking the Kool Aid is more of a. That's more of a cult reference, not not so much the uh, what we're talking about. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we definitely use Stack Overflow internally. And um, that's the first place that we go to anytime we have questions. So we, uh, instead of searching emails or Slack, we would go to Stack Overflow. 90 out of 100 times, you would find the information that you want. Uh, and actually, if you don't follow, you don't exactly find what you want, uh, you might have something in there and you can actually comment and then you see a response come in the next like 15 minutes from somebody else, like clarifying the latest stance on that. And it's amazing to see. And we also have integrations built in through uh, the different chat ops tools as well. So you could go to, to Slack and, uh, and kind of ask a question from there and search responses and so forth. And that's really been helpful to really understand and kind of be in the moment, right? And not go outside of your, your workflow. Uh, we provide that opportunity to be in your workflow when you have a question. Awesome. So the, I mean, so you mentioned obviously being product led, but you've also mentioned obviously how important the community element is. So who holds more sway if let's say the community is clamoring for you to integrate with a certain company or a certain software, or they want a certain feature or they want a certain button to be red instead of blue, but that's not on the product team's roadmap or the product team disagrees. Who wins that fight? It's always a conversation. Yeah, you're right. Fight is the wrong word. Who gets their way after the pleasant, polite discussion between the stakeholders? Yeah, I would say the the golden response, it depends. <laughs> it depends in terms of what is, uh, at the end of the day, we want to do it right for our users and for our customers, right? So that's the lens that we always think about. Uh, and we always think about why is this useful for a customer? And that's a conversation that uh, me and our head of product have on a weekly basis. Uh, when we're going to think about what's coming next and thinking about what are the problems we are solving for our customers, it's always about what problem are we really solving with this particular change or feature or implementation and so forth. And that helps us ground thought process in terms of, is this something we should be investing in? Is this is there another way that would be helpful for our customers to solve that specific problem? And uh, you, in that conversation, usually you come to a consensus in terms of what that solution should be. So I think just thinking from customer's lens and thinking about why it's important for them and what problem it will solve for them really gives you the answer uh, as a part of that conversation. Fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I like how you mentioned you have a weekly meeting with the head of product. Like I think so, stuff like that is so critical to make sure that you're always keeping the right, moving the right direction together, keeping all the stakeholders in mind. and you know, there won't be future problems down the road or any tension or anything like that. You've scaled, I mean, you have quite a bit of experience scaling CS and, and different functions, but do you have a specific approach or piece of advice? There's a lot of folks who are sort of in that growth stage. Catalyst is one of them, right? Where we're growing quickly, we're hiring quickly, we're trying to, you know, scale as efficiently as possible. Is there something you've learned that's like, you think a lot of a common mistake maybe people make that you think we could avoid? Yeah, definitely a lot of thoughts there. I would say the first one is focus on the customer experience in the journey because you're trying to solve it for the customers at the end of the day. So always kind of keeping that as your North Star and solving everything from there uh, is going to be really helpful and really bringing folks together to do that. And that shouldn't be an exercise that should be done in isolation between just the customer success team or just the sales team. Bring your marketing, marketing team, you bring your product team, bring your revenue team, uh, your engineering team, everybody should be part of that conversation. Uh, and you should be kind of building that together. So that'll be my first recommendation is build a customer journey, uh, build kind of the, the user experience and uh, align everybody organizationally to make sure we are aligned. Number two, I would say is build relationships first. 
that's critical because when the times are good, relationships obviously are helpful. But when times get really hard and you don't have the best quarter, for example, or there is a feature that's not well received or not the most stickiest, or you're going through a challenging situation as a team, what's really going to get you through is are those relationships, uh, both within your team, uh, between uh, peers within your organization, between your cross-functional partners. And as you're able to kind of build that relationship, you're, you will be able to solve any problem together because you're, you would be solving the problem for somebody you trust and believe in that you've built over a period of time and they know you and they trust in you. And it really helps that conversation be more productive at the end of the day. And it helps you kind of move in the right direction. So that, those would be, I would say, my top two things that I can think of as folks are trying to think of scaling the organization. There's a lot of things that are it's a cherry on the top after that particular point. But these are the two baseline things that one should be doing before they start thinking about playbooks or thinking about productizing the overall motion. Get the baseline right, and then anything that you build on top will be really, really solid moving forward. Establish a customer journey, build relationships with across departments, and you should be good to go. I would say those would be the two baseline things. And then once you kind of have that figured out, I would say, obviously, hiring is really important. Uh, Thinking about diversity and inclusion, as we talked about in the earlier part of our conversation, keeping that as front and center uh, in terms of your strategy and always thinking about inclusion and growth of your team and thinking about how do you create those peer relationships within your team. And that's that's one of those most interesting things that I've noticed in the past uh, three months within my team is that problems are solved by the team itself. There are definitely times where the team brings me in and we solve problems together. But I would say 98 out of 100 problems are solved by the team just between two people or three people or four people meeting together and solving that. So just the the peer relationships within the team and outside the team are so important because that helps you at the end of the day save time uh, for your team. You can People can problem solve in small groups and come up with a solution as compared to really making that a a larger uh, problem that needs to be solved by a lot of people. And the reason we're able to achieve that is we've been able to kind of create a very flat organization. And by flat, I mean that everybody in the team has a specific role. So me as a VP of customer success, that's my role. There's a CSM on the team. There's an onboarding uh, specialist on the team. We just all have different roles. It doesn't, we have reporting relationships, but that should not stop us in terms of how we are solving problems, how we are behaving with each other and how we are solving that uh, problem for the customer. So it's very, very important for us as a team to be collaborative and not think about the titles uh, in general. What we think about is who are the right people that are required to solve this problem? Do they have the right skills to solve that? Are they in that particular room to solve that problem. Let's go solve it, make it happen. Let's find the next problem and solve that. So having that solution-oriented mindset is very, very important, especially at the scaling and growth phase. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Well, I know you uh, you recently, you moved as well, right? You didn't, uh, You when did you move again to uh, to Austin? So we moved to Austin in 2018. So it's been three years now. Oh, it was a couple of years ago. Okay. It's been three years. Does it live up to the hype? I know half of California has migrated over there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it definitely lives up to the hype. We definitely love it. The, the food scene's awesome. 
The culture is great. Our pups love it there. There's a lot of dog parks. So it's really a place where we feel feel like home. And obviously, it's also got a really good airport. So it helps kind of uh, with travel as well as things are easing up now. Exactly. Well, Sunil, thank you so much for joining me. It was awesome talking with you. I learned a lot. Thanks, Ben. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a review and share this podcast with a friend. If you want to learn more about Catalyst, visit Catalyst.io. Until next week, I'm Ben Wynn, and this was NPS I Love You. P.S. I love you. <laughs>